millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hello and welcome back to another edition of the Holtcast. Cole Pettum here as always. And of course, we're here to talk all things Aston Villa Football Club with a, well, a, not a successful week in terms of Villa fandom. Of course, a 3-1 loss to Chelsea at Villa Park in the FA Cup. And of course, as of this fine Sunday or dreary Sunday, depending how Villa affects your mood, of course, a 2-1 loss again at Villa Park in the Premier League to, uh, yeah, Manchester United, Simon O'Regan's favorite opposition, which I, I do have to preface because he told me this before. There might be a little bit of uh, um, of censorship we have to uh, make you aware of in terms of uh, profane language. So just a heads up to that, the explicit content button might be on this edition of the Holtcast. But nonetheless, like I said, we do have Mr. Simon O'Regan and, of course, Mr. Tom Nightgill as well. So, Simon, I'll come to you first. How are you feeling this week? Because we didn't do one midweek, and there is good reason for that. But uh, how are you feeling all in all? Just deflated after that. Um, I, uh, I I I tweeted out after the game something that I, I I won't say because I believe it's Tom's opening line, so I don't I don't want to steal it off him. But but it's it you'll you'll hear it in a second. But yeah, um, just oh, that fucking football club man. They they just. They've ruined my childhood and they've ruined my Sunday afternoon. I mean, yeah, just really frustrating. Um, I mean, it's you, you sort of mentioned the, the FA Cup game midweek. Um, it's very different feeling to that because that and the Newcastle defeat before, well, obviously you just didn't turn up. But today, today we, we should have won that game. But, you know, I've been going nearly 30 years now and honestly, I've lost count of the amount of times I've come away from a game at Villa Park against Man United thinking we deserve like we deserve to get something from that game and we haven't and yeah, take it away, Tom. <laughs> Tom, over to you. How's it going, my friend? I fucking hate losing to Manchester United. <laughs> I, I do. I, it's just, it's so, so frustrating. I'd be frustrated losing that game after the way that we played and the way that you know the course of the game ran out i'd be frustrated losing it to anybody but to lose it to united like how how on earth have we got zero points from two games against man united this season it's infuriating um performance wise i thought we were i thought we were a lot better really like man you know it's a shame that every single fucking chart went straight at onana and it straight into his body um but chance and he is cr- he's, he's fucking dreadful as well. I, I didn't. I, I, his performance was being hailed by a lot of people. It's like he just stood in the way. That's all he did. He but, was just in the way. All, um, all I've heard for the last however many months now from pundits, I've been told that he's like one of the best keepers in the world with the ball at his feet. Every time he had it at his feet, he kicked out for fucking throwing. Yeah, he was How, how, like, how have you not taken, how have they done the fucking double over us this season? The, the big thing for me, like, obviously we're get going to get more into the game or whatever, but, like, the, 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 thing, the thing for me is, like, the fact that we, we played, played pretty well, chance creation, pretty, like, pretty good. I thought we had quite a lot of our um, swagger back. Um, and then the fact that, like, with 20 minutes to play in that game, we just equalised. We had all the momentum. We had all the noise behind us. United were rocking to go on and lose from that position. I mean, shit happens in football, but it is beyond frustrating, really. Um, so, yeah, it's a difficult one. It's a tough pill to swallow, isn't it? Yeah, it definitely hasn't been a good last little while at Villa Park for Villa. And let's be honest, 2024 has been very up and down in terms of performances that we've been accustomed to for basically the last year. So maybe this is a little bit more of reality coming back to us. We we all said we had to enjoy it, things while they last. And 
Oh, isn't that ever so true? That makes it three losses in a row at home, of course, and almost three losses in a row that are three one losses. <laughs> we are one goal off of achieving that, of course, against United. To be honest, if they would have scored a third, I don't know where that would have came from because the fact that Villa didn't score like five this afternoon, it just absolutely blows my mind. But I mean, Simon, I'll come to you with this one. What's going on with the home form? We we went from invincible to like goo. <laughs> I don't even know how to explain it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, obviously three defeats and the bounce at home isn't ideal. The if you're trying to trying to find positives today was a completely different um scenario to Newcastle and Chelsea. Like those two games, you know, we, we don't need to go over them again. We we just didn't turn up in, in either of them. Today, I thought the first half was, I, I, I thought we were probably the slightly better team in the first half. I didn't think we were at our best. Um, and like defensively from set pieces, we really struggled. But the second half, we played really well today, like really, really well. And, you know, uh, I, I saw, I, I don't know if you guys have seen um, John McGinn's interview on, on Sky Sports afterwards. And he he was kind of saying, you, you know, how obviously they they they're not you don't just accept that that you've lost the game, but sort of trying to look big picture. They're still we're still in a good position to you know still go and have a good season. And he made the point, you know, two chances fell to Dougie's left foot. He says if they fall on his right foot, we win that game two three four one, and then. Uh, what was the point he made? Oh, uh, yeah, the, the other point he made, which which I think is is something that that can maybe explain what what's going on is the injuries are, are catching up on us. Like he he said, you know, he said it's kind of gone under the radar a bit, which I think in the white not only as fans, in the wider media it has. You know, the obviously Mings and Brendan are out for the whole season, and then you look the first half of the season, you didn't have. Moreno or Ramsey, Tiedemans was kind of in and out with injuries as well. We haven't had Torres or Dina since Christmas. And it's, every team has injuries, obviously. And I think you kind of, you need to look, what we did in the first half of the season, despite the injuries, was quite incredible. But it does catch up on you, you know, when if they're all piling up. The fact is... We're playing our fourth and fifth choice centre backs at the moment. Like if Cons, uh, you can't. You know, I'm going to I'm going to say something now that I can't prove, and you'll never be able to prove. But I think if Cons and Torres are playing at centre back in that game, I think we win comfortably. Like it does catch up on you. Um, so yeah, it's the, like the home form. You kind of you, you just look at the basic of it. Like we've lost three in a row. You kind of think, okay, well, you know, we were fortunate for eleven months. Now we lost three in a row. What, what's going on? Today, I, I've, we've lost. You know, that's the bottom line. It's you know, it's not great, but it's it's not in. It's not like it's been three atrocious performances in the row. Had we played, we played like we did against Newcastle or Chelsea today and lost against a very poor team. Then I think you can be you can be worried. But yeah, it's the next two games or three games. It Fulham, Forest, and Luton. I think for the next three. Yeah. Got to be taking nine points from them three games. Yeah, like on the topic of in, like injuries, like if Bubakar Kamara is injured, oh good God, in any, yeah. like we might as well all just walk into the ocean. You know, at this point, injury injury wise. Um, no, I like you're right. I think like um, the performance the performance was was encouraging, but like that for me, the thing is, you know, you were talking before we were recording about how quiet it was, how despondent it was. Fans walking out of Villa Park today after. After that, after McTominay is winner, um, the the big thing for me is like we the way that Villa are playing at the moment, notwithstanding the five nil Sheffield United defeat, because you know, like you'd, you'd hope that we thrash Championship standard teams, really. So, um, but it's we've lost momentum big time. Injuries are a huge, a huge part of that. But we've just lost momentum, and we've lost the, you know, we confidence wise. A couple, a couple of months ago, like particularly, obviously, the City and the Arsenal week, um, you could have thrown absolutely anything at this team, and they'd have withstood it, and they'd have come out 
you know, come out swinging and come out smelling the roses on the other side. Problem now is that like when stuff like this keeps happening, where do you get that momentum lift from? Because beating Sheffield United 5-0, wasn't it? Um, and the, the, the most important, that's the most, the most frustrating thing I think about today is that that second half felt like that was that moment where we had that huge mm. momentum swing. We got that fucking massive lift that was going to set us right in the weeks to come. Like if we go on to win that game, yeah. Imagine how we'd be feeling if we'd have gone on to win that game in the second half. Imagine how the players would be feeling. So that's the most frustrating thing I think is that it's a big, it's a, it's just a big, big missed opportunity. Obviously you can't win every game, yeah. but that would have been a pretty damn good one to win really. Uh, just well, on that point, again, in that beginning interview, he did, he, he kind of sort of touched on that. Um, the, like, the interview was sort of, was asking him, um, well, the, he started the question by saying that, you know, it looked like the game was, was drifting out to a draw. And then the interview kind of sucked itself and was like, well, actually, did, did you see it? Like, did, like he's asked McGinn, did you see it, like, sort of drifting out to a draw? McGinn was like, no, like, we felt that the winner was coming. And he he kind of, he, he made the point of sort of saying, you know, how it, it's a sickening, it's, you know, it's a sickness to, to kind of lose it out like that. But he was like, you know, it's it's my job now to, to you know make sure that that we all stick together and and, st- and still kind of look at the big picture and that we're still in the, a good position to go on and have a successful season. And you, you know, he kind of said, you sort of that second half, especially if you play play that sort of way more often than not, you'll win more than than you lose. And he kind of he made quite an interesting point as well. Um, he was saying that he. The crowds, um, as the game was kind of going on, he, he felt like the crowd kind of wanted Villa to sort of get more up and at them, you know, sort of get, get it forward quickly. Which, I mean, around me, it didn't feel like there was like that, you know, get it forward, get it forward and that. But he, he was saying that, that they could kind of feel that, but they, they were sticking to the game plan. Mm-hmm. He kind of said that, you know, that's what United won. There was, there was a few times when... Anana, Maguire were kind of like, you know, just sort of standing on the ball, you know, at the edge of their box. Like there were some people sort of thinking, you know, get, get in there, get in there close to now. But that's what, that's what United wanted us to do. And that, that second half, especially, I, I thought, I thought we played that really well, being patient and just waited for, for them to fuck up and, and give it away, which is what they did because they're not a good team. Yeah, which which just makes it so much more frustrating. Yeah, it does, we've, doesn't it? We've lost twice to comfortably the worst Man United team I've ever seen. Yeah, I mean it's just. Uh, yeah, Emery came out as well after the game and said he thought it was uh, Villa's second best performance of the season after the Man City win, and one of the best home performances of his reign, which I think is maybe sl- a tad overselling it. Yeah, but the general the general point I think is fair. Like. You, we've all been disappointed by what we've seen from Villa on more than one occasion in recent weeks. Today, I think it's really important to keep in keep in context and keep in mind that the disappointment is just that we've lost a game that we should have won, let alone drawn. It's not that we look dead on our feet or we look incapable of exerting us, you know, ex- exerting control over a game or the stuff that we've been criticizing Villa for fairly in recent weeks. It was way way better, but it's just. I don't know, you know, hate losing to him. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, it is frustrating. And I, I think the thing too, and like, I don't have the stats from the Newcastle loss or the Chelsea one, but in terms of the United one, I mean, you look at all the stats and Villa lead in every single one. Villa had 56% possession, 23 shots, 10 on target, which I feel like was the stat coming out. That's like the second or third time this season where we've had 10 or more shots on target in a game. And I think that was against Sheffield United, <laughs> um, of course, and then 10 corners and nine fouls. I don't know if you want to lead on the fouls part, but regardless if they're tactical and they work fair enough, it's, it's a tough one. And if the stats weren't going Villa's way in this game, I guess you could throw it into the category of a Chelsea loss or the Newcastle, but it just wasn't the fact that we didn't, like I said earlier, score four or five still blows my mind. And, I know it's a what if and hindsight's a beautiful thing, but in my opinion, if Jacob Ramsey had a few more games and a little bit more match sharpness under his belt, probably could have had a hat yeah. trick. Because the amount of times where he just needed 
a, a better first touch, and it would have went. Right one when no when way. Bailey put him through. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That, was well, that, that was like the first of three. So yeah, if that if that's if that's Ramsey, you know, from you, know, you think March April last season. It's one touch and he's, he's dinking it over the clowning goal that I've got. Yeah, and like he had that other one as well where he got that, he sort of scuffed that shot when he tried to shoot across Onana and it's like weak. And, and yeah. again, like the Ramsey, the Ramsey of a few months ago buries that. And it's just those are the those are the frustrations, right? There's so much about our season. This season comes back to injuries. And it's just yeah. really, it's very annoying, but it's a reality you just have to accept, isn't it? Well, yeah. yeah. Yeah, it, it is. It's almost like an is what it is thing. But I know a lot of people will say, well, no, there's more to it. But like at the end of the day, we would all feel it's annoying because it's United. And I think we've well established that. And Simon's made that <laughs> clearly obvious. But there has to be positives coming out of this. Chance creation was a massive thing. And we can, of course, like I said, it, we weren't being clinical enough. And that's what I even put in the notes. And that's fair enough. And that can be a criticism. But I would feel a lot worse heading into a run against, and no no disrespect to any of these teams, Fulham, Forest, or Luton, but I wouldn't be as confident as I am if we were losing this game 2 or 3-1 and we only had a few shots on target, we weren't creating anything, and there was a lot more kind of dullness around the attack. And I feel like coming out of that Sheffield United game, we're starting to see it again. It feels almost like the Chelsea one was just just a blip or kind of a midweek thing that maybe wasn't as important in a way was it tired legs I don't know I just didn't really feel like the team was focused and then you bring it back into the Premier League it almost makes the fans maybe that's just me you guys can speak on your behalf feel like maybe that we know that the Premier League and maybe the Conference League are the priorities now um I mean it, kind of annoying considering if we beat Chelsea you would then play Leeds and then um have a really good chance to move on in my opinion from there but all in all, like I said, it is what it is. The one thing I do want to talk about, and Tom, I'll bring this one to you next. Defending in the air, set pieces, crosses, whatever it may be. As of late, it has been absolutely horrific. And we've been done twice today. Uh, I think against Chelsea at least once. And I know against Newcastle, I think it was at least twice, if I'm thinking correctly. It's... What do you make of it? Because it's, I mean, I feel like kind of traditionally as a Villa fan, I've always kind of whinged about it. It's always come up, man marking versus zonal marking, et cetera, et cetera. But just over the last little bit, it's become a little bit of an issue that's become a massive one. Yeah, like, listen, I like, uh, I, I really like Austin McPhee. I like the specials that he cooks up. I like the McPhee menu of, uh, you know, unexpected delights in going forward but I think maybe we need to sort of uh refocus on more of the boring stuff set piece wise because <laughs> it has been bad in it um yeah I don't know it's a tough one I today in sentences that I thought I would never say I'd have absolutely loved to have had that Harry that version of Harry Maguire in our central defense today I thought Harry Maguire was excellent he like absolutely, particularly first half, absolutely dominated us, um, which is a sad sentence to say. Um, <laughs> we Simon, just Simon's face, sorry, says it all. <laughs> just absolutely <laughs> mute. I thought he was going to throw up. <laughs> listen, I'm, listen, I'm not happy saying it, but uh, like on it, I thought for, I thought first half, Harry Maguire was the difference really between the two teams, um, and it's 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 difficult because like like we miss. Esri Konza, I can't, I, I can't, can't believe after Konza got injured, I saw you know some fans trying to convince other fans that Konza, we could mitigate Konza's loss relatively, you know, relatively easily, or like we had other options or whatever, and that sort of stuff. And it's not to put down the other defenders in our squad, but losing Konza is dreadful, to be honest. And what a big, a sort of concern, like a concern for me today is that, you know, Diego Glass is a huge unit of a man. Like, is it, physically, he's an absolute beast. We, we, weren't, we weren't dominant in the air today at the back at all. I don't even think that we were hugely competent in, in the air in, at the back today. And it's just, it's that, again, like, obviously, injury, like, there's the shadow of injuries hangs over everything. But uh, at some point, you have to... Um, a tease, a cliche, you sort of have to go back to the drawing board, don't you, with how you're defending very basic set-piece situations. We know as one of the, you know, McPhee and Villa's coaching staff must know 
as one of the most innovative set-piece teams in the league, I think, going forward. Other teams have an arsenal of weapons from set-pieces as well. Like, other teams mix it up. It's not just Villa who mix it up and stuff. So, as much as creating these attacking set plays and stuff is, like, fun and has worked to great effect at times this season, um, clearly something is lacking on the defensive side. And the main concern for me is, like, at what point does... Uh, a blip in form on that regard become sort of like a rut or become a habit that's hard to break. Hopefully it ends with, you know, if Paul Torres come, is fit to come back in the next couple of weeks, hopefully that does a big, that does a big job of fixing it. Um, yeah. And it's concern. And that's, this is without me even mentioning uh, Matty Cash's back post defending. <laughs> well, see, I almost feel kind of, bad for cash in that scenario because I felt like Diego Carlos could have helped him out a lot in that scenario. <laughs> yeah. the, the fact that you're relying on Matty Cash to win a header um, in any scenario unless the person is, in my opinion, five foot because they could probably still out-jump him if they're even five two. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, I wasn't I wasn't a fan of Bubakar Kamara marking Harry Maguire from set pieces either in the first half. I thought that was bizarre. That was can, mad. Can we talk about... this? Is I, I didn't even have this on, on my notes. Can we talk about Kamara for a moment? I... I just I feel like he's had a massive stinker for ages, or is that just me? I thought he played really well today. I thought he was dreadful. He was dreadful against Chelsea. Like he, he was. I mean, but but they all were. Like, that's yeah, that's the thing. Thing. like it's I kind of a, I I I I don't I don't really like kind of digging individuals out when the whole team has played badly in Fair. the game. Like it's, I, th- I think I mean, that's. That's tough, but I, I thought Kamara. I thought he played played really well today. I thought the, I thought he was very good as well today. Yeah, yeah. I, don't know. I think I think it's just that like I mean we've dropped off, haven't we? Like there's just mm. like that's just that's just the truth of it. So, but, but as, I, as I kind of said, um, you know earlier, we're playing our fourth and fifth choice centre backs. Yeah, and, yeah, and 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 on that, like and this this is probably going to be not a widely held opinion. If Pal Torres is fifth um, to start against Fulham next week, I'm dropping Diego Carlos before I'm dropping Longley. Honestly, I I don't I'm, think it's I don't think it's that radical. I think I think Longley's actually been pretty decent. Well, filling you know filling in, um, he's really nailed the uh, Tyrone Mings last ditch <laughs> challenge, like last ditch block. <laughs> Pulls out loads of those. Um, I agree. I Carlos. I was very disappointed in Diego Carlos today. Again, it's not. I, like... I have been. I have been for a while with him. I think. Yeah. I, 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 I don't think he's quick enough for the Premier League, and and like, I don't necessarily mean like in terms of like actually just physically running because obviously Longley is not not the quickest centre back. Which so, so I, you know that that's the problem with with, with, with the high line with, with two centre backs. Who, who who aren't particularly mobile, but but I mean in terms of like on the ball, like I, I know like we we do play slow patience, and like I, I get that, but I, I think sometimes you just see him kind of like walking around, and the amount of times this season I've seen him just drop a lazy pass into the centre of midfield that's been picked up by one of their players. I've I've, I've really not been impressed with him for for quite some time, but like. Yeah. I, I mean, he's obviously. I, it didn't help coming, you know, to, to a new league and, and getting such a big injury. And like the Achilles injury is like probably the most difficult to, to come back from. And I think there's certain games, you know, in the Conference League when you're playing inferior opposition, or you know, if you if you're up against you know a big fucker like Antonio or something up front, then then it's handy to, to have him in there. But I think I don't know. As, as I say, if you're if you're having to drop one of those centre backs uh, because you're hoping this, you know, assuming that Torres is fit, personally, I'd be dropping Carlos out, out of the two of them. Maybe you actually do make a good point there. Now that I think about it, because I feel like against Fulham, not saying they don't have anyone that's super physical, but they they don't have <laughs> Mitrovic anymore. So yeah. maybe there's mm. less of an excuse to play, and maybe you can get away with it there. Um, Forest and Loon, I feel like you might need a little bit more physicality. Um, just yeah. because, I mean, and that's kind of the thing too, like going into these next three games and not to go completely away from this last week, but 
these are all teams. Well, Fulham's comfortable in mid table, and the other two are scrapping for their lives still. And that's going to be kind of interesting to see how desperate they are and to kind of see how Villa react to that. Because when you play these teams in the first half of the season, there's not that urgency. Now there is. So I I feel like a lot of people, even myself, when I kind of talk myself into thinking we're going to get three wins in a row here or have a really good chance to, this is a completely different when you go into the second term of the mm. season, isn't it? Yeah, especially, I, I actually think the most difficult of those games is going to be Luton away. Yeah. They, I think Fulham away next week, obviously, on their day, they can be good. But it's, you know, it's the least intimidating ground in probably world football, to be honest. You know, it's not it's not a difficult place to go to Craven Cottage. If you can go there, as you know, if you can, if you can play like within that second half and get at them quickly, then... You know, I'd fancy us. Forest at home, you, you, you'd fancy us to, to go and win that. I think <laughs> we Luton suck away. against Forest, though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, 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 in a way, like that, that is a difficult place to, to go. As you know, many teams have found out this season. Arsenal only just managed to scrape a win. Liverpool just scraped a draw there. City only just got a win, and they've other than that complete anomaly they had against Sheffield United on the weekend. I think before that game, they don't, I think they only lost one of the previous 10 games. So I, I think that that's a tricky one to go to. But if you get the two wins against Fulham and Forest, then you're going into that, you know, you've gained your momentum back, haven't you? Yeah, that's true too. I, again, I think it's a balancing act in the likes of Luca Dean coming back now and he got last few minutes as you'd imagine. I, I know some people are very almost outraged the fact that he didn't start, but then if he gets injured in the first five minutes, you're even more outraged, so you can't really win there. The one thing I do want to bring up, Tom, I'll, I'll throw this one to you first. I mean, under Unai Emery, man management has been very positive for, I'd say, 99.9% of the time. Of course, we have to talk about it because it did happen and it seemed to impact this game negatively. Of course, Leon Bailey came off and the what I assumed we were going to at least win by a goal, maybe two the way we were attacking at them. Victor Lindelof playing left back. I mean, it looked like he was going to look at Moussa Diaby yeah. and Leon Bailey and his centre-back playing at left back. Yeah, that's the thing. Yeah. I mean, what are your thoughts on it? Because I, I think there's a good argument to kind of look at this game and look into the next few games and see how that kind of correlates because there is going to have to be a bit of rotation with players coming back. It's not going to be the same. So how does that sit with you? There is going to have to be rotation. That's definitely true. Like, I get that. But I'm not one to question Unai Emery, because who am I to question Unai Emery? But I don't... I don't... I just don't really understand it, I'll be honest. Like, I... I, They've said afterwards, after the game, I think... Emery said that he was worried about uh, United on the counter-attack because Kamara had just picked up his injury. And I get it. I do get it. But, like, Elian Bailey was, like, roasting Victor Lindelof on a spit since, Lin- you know, after Lindelof came on. And I actually, t- like, I thought I'd jinx it because I tweeted, you know, after after we equalised, we've got 25 more minutes of Leon Bailey and now Musa Diaby being able to double up, being able to switch, one go inside, one go outside, you know, and attacking United's clear, clear weakness, like Simon said, a a centre-half who I personally don't think is great at centre-half, playing at left-back. And also, you know, Victor Lindelof played two minutes in United's last game. That was his first game action in two months. Because he's he's had a lot had a long term injury. Like you attack him. It's the that's the way you're going to win the game. I get you're worried about United in transition. Like I, I get it, but Bailey's just not there. There, there was a uh, you know Emery will be wondering. He's a, he's an analytical guy, isn't he? You know Emery. He's gonna he he'll surely be wondering. Was there a different way to approach trying to mitigate United's counter attack threat that didn't involve taking off our by far our most dangerous player. I just didn't... It, it. We talked at the start of it about the whole game in general being a big opportunity missed. And Simon came up with the hypothetical of if, you know, if Conser's playing the game, if Conser and Tarras are at centre-back, I think we win that game. And I'm saying, you know, that's a hypothetical. There's no way to prove that. Pretty sure that every single Villa fan 
will think that had Leon Bailey stayed on the pitch, we'd have won that game, or we would at least have scored again. You know, you can't you can't you can't legislate for what might happen after you after you score a second goal. But we we uh, I, it, it baffled me at the time, and it it baffles me now as well. To be honest, I get the rotation thing, and I suppose you got you got Diaby on the field as well. So, but. To be honest, for me at the moment, like Musa Diaby, I have a lot of faith in because we've been through this. I said this on the last part. Like we've been through this with Leon Bailey. Like we're not. I'm not writing off the big money signing just because he's not giving us the kind of return that we wish we had. Um, you got to be patient. But the fact of the matter is, right now, based on each player's form, taking Leon Bailey off and having Musa Diaby try and do the same job and be the chief creative threat is a big, big downgrade for Villa right now. Um, why not give it at least give it at least give it five ten more minutes? Both of them on the pitch, going at Lindelof and going at United, they're rocking. Like Villa Park's a cauldron of noise, all the momentum is going in our favour. We've got twenty five minutes to win the game. You know, a game that we've dominated. It's just you live in. You know, it's it's difficult, isn't it? Like every decision as a football manager is a risk. That is. Uh, one that hasn't paid off and that I think it's not unfair to call the wrong decision, you know, in hindsight. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Yeah, I think it is tricky because like, I can see why you'd... I don't... Well, I, firstly, I don't really understand bringing off Bailey. Maybe could have made another change. I can understand Tillman's coming on because maybe you're thinking, you know what, United, maybe you're going to grow into it a little bit more. Maybe they'll get a, a little bit of momentum, which they did, of course. Mm. Maybe that, that substitute arguably was that momentum. Uh, maybe it would have came in another fashion if not. Uh, but maybe you're thinking Tillman's can pick a long pass or move it a little bit more. He has a little bit more legs in him coming on. I, I can see it because we have seen a few little bits of moments of magic from Tillman's um I'd say sparingly so far. I don't know. I feel like he was from nowhere to somewhere, and now he's kind of back into that nowhere category of where his Villa career seems to be going at the moment. But, I mean, Simon, I I think we need to see more Diaby and Bailey on the pitch at the same time because it almost like the, it's like they were wearing the red and black of Leverkusen or something. For that eight minutes, it was so <sighs> magical, and there was so much creativity and so much chemistry. I think there's something there that we might have to explore a little bit more, but uh, let me know your thoughts. No, I totally agree. Um, I've always really, really strange to say Bailey off, you know, just echo everything that Tom was saying there. He was absolutely destroying Lindelof. Uh, you know, I, I, don't, I don't think Bailey actually had a great first half, to be honest. And you kind of, we were uh, at half time. Yeah, a few of us sort of like chatting away going, oh God, we got back to the point where Bailey has to be like brought on as a sub. In the second half, he started to get into it, obviously sets up the equaliser and you're thinking, great. And I agree with you. I, I, I understood Tiedemann's coming on. When I saw him um, get ready to come on, I, I thought that, Ramsey was going to yeah. come off. It seemed a logical have, one, didn't it? Yeah, and, you, and then have Diaby and Bailey out wide. McGinn obviously back in, in with Dougie, Skamal gone off, and, and then Tiedemann's off Watkins. So then when you've got, when you get the ball on, you know, in the transition, Tiedemann's there, you've got, you've got a player who can pick a pass and he'd have Watkins through the middle or Bailey or Diaby out wide. I just, I thought it was a really, really, really strange one. And 
yeah, I kind of, I, I don't, I don't really understand. I think it, that was a, it's a rare misstep that was because, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it's, I, I totally agree with you, Tom, as well. What you said about Diaby, you, you know, I, I've got full faith that that he will be fine. You know, he's he, he's still kind of adapting to it, but right as of now, he's not playing great. You know, there was. Um, there was that chance he had where I think oh, he cut in from the left. To walk. Yeah, he cut yeah, in, and yeah. like again, it, it's hypothetical, but you you feel if that's Leon Bailey cutting in, that's nesting into the top corner. Like, yeah. I, I mean, maybe maybe that's being overly harsh and too simplistic way of looking at it, but it it just like you say, we we we've been going at them, you know, good, good sort of five ten minutes, thinking right, it's coming, it's coming, Bailey's. You know, come alive in the game. He's terrifying Lindelof. Linking up with Diaby quite nicely. We get the equaliser, and then what? Four, or five minutes later, he takes Bailey off. And yeah, I just I, I thought yeah. that it it allowed, I thought it allowed Manu to sort of recover themselves actually and not get so under siege. Well, can you imagine how fucking delighted Victor Lindelof must have been oh. to, see that, to see that board go up? Like, to be over the moon. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it's difficult. You called it a rare misstep, and that's the thing. Like, in, what, 16 months of Unai Emery, however long it's yeah. been, I can I can count the number of things that I think objectively he's got wrong on one hand, and I don't need all my yeah. fingers either, you know. But um, that was that was one of them. It's easy to say with hindsight, isn't it? But yes. Yeah. Just frustrating. Yeah, the, the the one thing I I will find funny is every time Villa lose now, there's random Arsenal accounts that somehow pop up in my feed that I don't follow, and they'll say we warned you. It's like of what being in the top five. I don't know. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, but the two things I did find very funny about this game. First of all, Douglas Luiz's celebration. Not really sure what the hell he was doing, or if he had an out-of-body exorcism kind of experience, but uh, he's Brazilian, so he likes to show that flair. And the other one, it was Leon Bailey took on three players at once. I think it was on the right-hand side of the pitch. It was very prime Villa Jack Realish, and I just sat back for a moment when I watched that, and I thought, you know what? We're losing right now, but how fun is it to have a player that can absolutely piss off three players, get by them, and it just winds them up just from him being too skilled. It's it's so nice for him to, one, have confidence, and two, have a player that can actually pull it off actively. So you know he's doing very, very well, and I'm not sure if it was an actual stat, but did he get the assist on the Louise one? Because I know he did in Fantasy League, but I don't uh, know officially. Yeah, he, well, I, I, I was just looking, the BBC Sport app hasn't credited him as an assist, but he puts it in. No one else touches him, or did there maybe was it, def- it, it, de- it, def- it deflects into his path? Oh, okay, that's right, the thing, yeah. yeah. So, uh, there you go. All I can say is if you do play FPL, don't bring him in because he's crap. Um, I'm being I'm joking because literally, did, did he get did he get the assist? Oh, yes, FPL? he gets it every week. He's getting <laughs> like five points from me minimum I, over yeah. like two months. I don't, I don't have him, but I do have Douglas Louise, so that's oh, all right. Oh, <laughs> nice. <laughs> I'm sure the exorcism gets an extra, I don't know, like two bonus points or <laughs> yeah. something. Yeah, anyways, I, I just I got a message from a United fan after that happened, and they said, What the hell is he doing? Like, I'd whack him if I was on the pitch. And I was like, he's just Brazilian. What what can you expect? <laughs> They're flamboyant, at least. But anyways, enough of that. Let's go over to Lone Watch. Um, I did want to bring this last week, and then I ended up cutting it out because I realized it was too long. And really, um, I don't think a lot of people probably wanted to hear half the information. So Lone Watch is going to be here probably one week, not the next, and kind of here and there. Um, basically, we'll bring it back when anything notable happens. And the one thing that I found interesting from a stat perspective was from Viljami Sinisalo. Of course, he's on loan at League One Exeter City. Uh, so the stat reads out, uh, Sinisalo has prevented more goals than any other goalkeeper in the Premier League Championship, League One, and League Two. So basically, <laughs> the, the four um, professional leagues within England. Of course, he has an XG prevented rating of 7.9. Um, not exactly sure how superb or how amazing that is, but when you look at the stats... And you look at some of the names that he's up against, especially this weekend in terms of that percentage, it's pretty damn brilliant. I think he already has 10 or 11 clean sheets, which I think leads uh, League One this season. So uh, Villa are coming up trumps, of course, in the young goalkeeping department. So hopefully long may that continue. Of course, we want Emmy Martinez here till he's 100, so we won't have to worry about that. But if we have a good number two forever, that's always 
some opportune um opportunity to have i don't know where i was going with that and now to the polls and this is a newer thing like i said last week that we will bring each and every week once a week primarily you'll probably hear this on the monday upload of course you can tweet us at holtcast pod there's three questions we want you lot to answer so hopefully everyone does get involved with these usually the polls are open for around an hour and a half to two hours and they'll go out every sunday before we record so the first question basically just trying to get where everyone's feeling uh post lost to united and of course maybe a little bit more pessimistic this one i was actually surprised i asked where villa will finish so the options were fourth fifth sixth and seventh 11.2 said fourth the winner was 36.2 in fifth so where villa are right now sixth was very closely behind on 35.9 and seventh was 16.8 i'd can't remember where I saw a comment. Someone thought the option should have been included with being eighth, but I, you can only put four options. Um, and they said maybe they're being too pessimistic so they can be called out um, when they are wrong. So I'll be sure to find that when that does happen and give them a little bit of a shellacking. Where do you guys fin- think we'll finish on this one, Tom? Um, I'll come to you first. Uh, I've been saying fifth. Uh, I'm probably gonna. I'm probably going to stick with it. I mean, like... Players coming back. I know we've got Europe coming up, and people, we talked about this last time, didn't we? Some people are understandably worried about Europe coming back. I am half expecting that to coincide with an an improvement in our performances because we managed it so well in the first half of the season. I think it's what Unai Emery lives for: is that twice a week, you know, that twice a week management. Um, few, I think, are, are better at it than he is. Um, and you know, if we play like we did today. Uh, I know it's all hypothetical ifs and buts. If we play like we did today, then we demolish some teams. We win more games than we lose. You know, there's, I've seen nothing today to really panic about other than what we talked about earlier with the set piece defending. That does need to get sorted sooner rather than later. But with more players hopefully coming back, um, I see no reason to doubt that top five is still on the cards. Yeah, I mean, there's still a five-point gap between us and United and... I think, funnily enough, I think they have Fulham and Forest in their next two and then City. Um, so you would argue that everything is still in Villa's favor, even with a little bit of downtick in form. But Simon, where are Villa finishing as of uh, Sunday, February 11th, almost 6 p.m. here? So 11 p.m. where you are 4th, 5th, 6th or 7th? I'm sticking with 4th uh, at the moment. Um, I know obviously... It's not been the best recently, but I'm, I'm still fairly optimistic that it's just kind of a blip that we're going through that everyone's gone through at some stage. And I think once once Torres comes back and I think Conza is well, it's like two to four weeks, I think they said they'd be out. So hopefully he'll be back fairly soon, maybe after the Luton game. For the run-in, um, I think once we get them back, I'd like to think that we'll, we'll get back to kind of more of our earlier season form. So I'm still going to go with fourth because I, I, I think that Tottenham and Man U will will drop plenty of points between now and the end of the season, as will we, I'm sure. But yeah, I'm I'm, I'm still sticking with fourth. Well, I like your answer more than anybody. So here's to hoping and here's to hoping the 11.2% of people were right. Let's get over to the second question with Luca Dean back in the squad. Who would you prefer at left back? I thought this would be an interesting one because I did see a little bit of conversation over um, Facebook and Twitter on this one over the last couple of weeks. Um, 64.9% said Luca Dean. Um, 35.1% said Alex Moreno. Tom, where do you sit on this one? Uh, on balance, I think I'm team Moreno for the time being, at least. Um, I do very much like what he offers, particularly going forward. It's difficult because I think so much of how both Moreno and Luca Dean defend, um, naturally depends on who's next to them. So it's hard to assess their own defensive qualities at the moment, considering they're playing with players that. Ideally, they wouldn't be playing alongside. But uh, to to sit on the fence uh, for a moment, I'm just delighted to have them both fit. You know, coming into a coming as 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 Europe comes back in a few weeks' time, like having both of them fit because I think they're they're both very high quality Premier League left backs. 
So to have them both fit is going to, if they can both stay fit, is going to be a huge boon for us uh, in the weeks and months to come. 100%. Simon, how are you voting on this one? Yeah, again, it's it's probably going to be a, a boring kind of safe sit on the fence type answer. But it's it's one of those that I, I think there's certain positions where it, it doesn't matter who you're playing. Certain people like Dougie, he's going to play always. Watkins you're always playing in Martin. You know, there's certain players that are nailed down. I think with, with the left back one, I genuinely do think it depends on who you're playing and what like the next sort of two or three games you've got coming up are. Because I think against against if you're playing against a team that's maybe going to come out and have a bit of a go more, and so you're going to have spacing behind. Then I think Moreno 100% is the one you want because he he's very good at getting forward. You know, he's he's got that pace to get in behind. He's much more of a get to the byline type of fullback. Whereas if you're playing against a team that's maybe going to sit back a bit more, then you want Luca Dean because his crossing from deep as well is is just so good, and he's not necessarily got the pace that's going to expose gaps in there. So it's I, that is one of those that I, I don't think is just nailed on. You start him over him. It, yeah. yeah, it very much depends on the opposition and and also who you've got in the next game. You know. You, when you're looking at, you know, the point you make, sort of going back to what we were saying earlier about the injuries, the fact we've only had one left back available to play all season. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. ages, we've not had that option. And that's like, which, which sounds crazy that, that you think, well, what difference should it make about the fullback? Well, I remember a good few years ago when Pochettino was at Tottenham, and I think they had the Carl Walker and Trippier. And I think it might be Danny Rose and maybe Ben Davis. Mm. And he rotated them because the fullbacks offer so much. And our fullbacks, when when everyone's, you know, uh, you've got Torres and Conza, for example, the fullbacks play such a huge role in the way that we attack games with how, with how we build up. So to have the two of them available now, hopefully, I, I, I agree with you. I think that, that is a, a big bonus for us. I think it's definitely. I think. I think. Sorry, Carl. I was just gonna say. I think left back is definitely the most. Um, what's the right word? Like the most open spot in our team in terms of who who occupies it. I think you're right. Um, and it's not. I don't think that's doing a disservice to either of them. Like you. Oh, not argue, at all. No. Yeah. Argue that if you have a world class left back, then he's he locks down the position. Of course, that's the same for anywhere. But I think it's more to a credit of both of them because they both offer so much. And you're right yeah. about that rotation. And while you were talking about having different options and being able to play the left back who suits our our game plan and our opponent the most. All, all I was sat here thinking is I just I wish we had that flexibility with Matty Cash on the right. Because Cash like he's getting it in the neck a fair bit. And I, I do kind of get it, but I don't think it's as I don't think it's as clear cut at all as like Matty Cash is a weak link or mm. anything like that. It's just that it's just very frustrating that we don't have a tried and tested alternative option at right back other than pushing Konza out wide this year. Because I, th- I think not only would we benefit as a team from that, but I think Matty Cash would benefit from that as well. Um, so, you know, that, while, yeah. when, while you were talking about the left back situation, I know we haven't had it because there's been an yeah. injury the whole time. But if we had that at both full back positions, we'd be far stronger for I, it. I think the, the perfect example of, of that point is. Um, Ashley Young last season. Yeah, yeah. You had that option then, and he was so yeah, fun- totally he, was so, he was so functional, wasn't he, Ashley Young? Like he wasn't spectacular at all, but especially considering his age or whatever. But he's a very pragmatic fullback in a yeah. lot of ways, from his playing style to the way he, to be quite frank, the way he hit the deck sometimes when he needed to, and game management, as we like to call it. Yeah, um, yeah. That was that was invaluable at times last season, and so we just don't have that this season. And you're right to point out we haven't had it at left back either because of injuries. You know, well, honestly, we're we're blessed to have the left backs we do have, and you guys. Are I think so. Right. Yeah, because when I was looking back, and just as a quick um, reality check, I think it was the 14-15 season. I think our left back <laughs> options consisted of Ali Zoko and Kieran Richardson. Maybe Joe oh, Bennett was thrown in there God. a little bit as well. Yeah. Um, so um, the, to the people that prefer one or the other and only want one or the other, um, let's have some respect and perspective on these two guys' names because they've definitely both been massive contributors throughout this campaign and really since they've been in the club. And I think that's very much fair to say. Uh, the last question, of course, on the poll, it's very um, Super Bowl themed. Who's going to win the Super Bowl? So, of course, there's only two options, the 49ers 
for the Chiefs. Simon, are you going 49ers or Chiefs? Or if you really want to say you don't care, let me know. <laughs> um, I, I just hope football's the winner. <laughs> uh, go, let's go for the Chiefs. Fair enough. Uh, Tom, how about you? I just I just hope that Taylor Swift has a nice time, you know. That's that's what that's what Aww. I hope. I um no, this is the first I'm not a, this is the first real season that I've paid the blindest bit of attention to NFL really, because I did because of my, my my day job, I did a lot of NFL stuff. Um I think the 49ers are the better all round team, but I think the Chiefs are gonna win. I it's, thought you were going to say you're only paying attention because Taylor Swift for a second. No, <laughs> that's not that's not the reason. That's oh. that's pure coincidence, and there's no way to disprove that. Um, no, I think that I think the 49ers are probably the best, the better team overall. But I think the Chiefs are just the fucking serial winners, aren't they? So yeah, I feel like the Chiefs are going to win, but I want the 49ers to win just because I don't, I don't, I, I like I like the NFL. The, the and a lot of people probably don't care listening to this. But the thing that drives me insane is when you're trying to watch a game and literally when Taylor Swift's there, there'll be a nice play and then it's like, oh, Taylor Swift's here. I yeah. don't give a shit. <laughs> I want to watch the game. <laughs> I, 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 I can't stand Taylor Swift. Oh, <laughs> you know, I, but anyway. <laughs> yeah, anyways, enough on T-Swift for that one. But anyways, it's time for this. So, you know, hence, hence me getting a yellow card for saying I think you've had juggling balls for Christmas. And of course, we are back for a, another edition of Dean Smith's The Juggling Six, which of course will be on every Sunday upload going forward for the foreseeable because it's so much darn fun. And a lot of people actually did reach out and say how much they enjoyed it and they um, had some goes at it themselves. So this one isn't Dean Smith related. It is Ollie Watkins related. And I really hope he would have scored against United. And of course, he had a chance to and um, Onana actually made a decent save surprisingly but anyways getting on to this one Watkins has scored 51 goals in 133 Premier League appearances for the Villa which six clubs has he scored against the most in the Premier League and I'll give you guys collectively between you two as a team two lives to figure this one out so you guys can basically say vote for this one collectively i will tell you yes or no if it's a no that takes away a life of course if it's correct then we'll keep going on so it gets more obvious as we go sure that makes it easier i would think that one of them has to be arsenal is Is it it, it the most is it the most goals or the most like individual games goals scored against goals Goals scored scored. i think i i would have i would have thought that arsenal i got it, it i feel like he scores against arsenal all the time um, I think he scored a lot against Liverpool as well. Yeah, well, yeah. So do we want to lock in Arsenal as the first one? Up to you, so. I think both uh, of them. Yeah, I think... I'm, I'm, I'm happy. I, I put both of them in myself. Yeah, I think both of them are probably there. Okay, so Liverpool and Arsenal are correct. There are four remaining. Oh, this is this where it gets interesting. <laughs> I'll, give you, I'll give you a hint. The Ooh, top, I'll tell the top you what, one was six. Brighton. Correct. Mm, nice, yeah. Three remaining. Um, why is it now ooh. that when you try and think, I can't think of a single Ollie Watkins goal. <laughs> like, <laughs> I I think I I definitely remember him scoring a, a couple of times against Tottenham, but I don't think he's got enough to be in there. Um, yeah. just trying to think, he's got hat tricks against. Yeah, right. Uh, oh, so we, I mean, we've got three more to get. Yeah, three more, and you get two lives left. Um. I can remember him scoring. <laughs> I can remember him scoring a fair few against Everton. I think because he scored at Goodison. I suppose maybe he only scored at Goodison once, but then we we scored a few. We put a few past him a couple of times at Villa Park, and I think he scored one of them. Uh, I, did, I know he he didn't score this season against uh, them at Villa. No, he didn't. Did he? So no. technically, I'll, I'll give you guys a heads up, and I, I will allow it for this one because my to my fault, I realized technically there's seven teams because they're tied. So if you get either one of these, I will accept that because they're both on three. Both three goals? Yes. Okay. Um, I think you're right with Spurs then. If three goals is... I think he scored three times against Spurs, hasn't he? I, I remember... I can remember two at Tottenham. It's just whether he scored against them at Villa Park, which I don't... I mean, you have Who scored... Who scored... 
Well, you know, when we beat we beat Spurs 2-1 late last season, Dougie scored a free kick. Who scored the yeah. other one? <laughs> okay, so are we going Spurs? <laughs> uh, I, I can't remember. No, me neither. <laughs> oh, two oh, lives, so. We've got two lives. I think we should do it. I think it's, I think it's probably yeah, scored go three on, times. Go okay, on. Spurs is the fourth. There's two okay. more. Okay. Well, technically there's three more, but I'll, I'll give you that, that as a So, bonus, a, so. there's one with... Three. So you're missing one with four and one with five. So technically, it's three, four, and five you're missing. Three, can four, you, and five. Can you tell I us think, how? I think said... Newcastle might be the the one with three. So you got two against them last season at home. And did he score against them the other week? Yeah, he did. Did he? He did. Yeah, yeah. Fuck, I can't remember. Yeah, yeah, he did, didn't he? He did. Yeah. Okay, are you guys going Newcastle? Yeah, yeah, should we go Newcastle? (laughs) Yeah, let's do it. Okay, so that is correct. So you have one more to go. And this is five. This is the five. Yeah, this one's tricky. Honestly, I feel like... Five goals. I'll give you one hint just to speed this up a tad bit. And of course, if people are playing at home alone, let us know. Um, And maybe I should have said the very start, but regardless of that, it's a team where... For some reason, I didn't realize he scored that many times against them because it feels like we've rarely beaten them. Do you know who I think he might be? West Ham. Oh, yeah. I can remember him scoring certainly a couple. Five. five, five it's, it's, West, it's West Ham, isn't it? It is West Ham. Oh, is <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> Shouldn't have said that, but I wanted to speed this up. The same I, 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 I genuinely was before. I honestly I was going to suggest that as an option before you said that. I'm surprised it's five. Do you guys it's, want to go for the for the bonus of seven? This will be, um, I don't know, if Dean Smith's listening to this, maybe he'll send you something in the mail. I don't know why he'd do that. But anyways, who would the seventh team be technically? Just just a quick one by each of you. You can have a go. There's The, the, the game's uh, up just as a... <laughs> I'll have a guess at Leicester. Okay. Palace. It is actually Southampton. So he scored three against Southampton, three against Spurs, mm. four against Newcastle, four against Arsenal. Um, oh, sorry. No, four against West Ham, five against Liverpool. That's where I screwed it up. Right. Um, and then six against Brighton. Oh, there you go. It's not bad, is he? That's pretty good. That's pretty good job, I think, by us there. Yeah, yeah. I'll give you the well, that. Well, Annoy- <laughs> annoyingly enough, he's only scored... Actually, has he never scored against United? I don't think he has. I uh, well, this think... says that he hasn't, so I'm going to go with that. No, <laughs> I can't. No, I can't think of one. Yeah. I don't think he has. No, I feel like that's no. like the last team for some reason. But... I think no, it is. Yeah, it's the, I think it's the only one of the big six, as Sky likes to call them, team that he hasn't scored against. So, well, there's that. And of course, if you were playing at that's home, good. let us know. You can tweet us at Holdcast Pod, or if you follow us on the Facebook page, you can message us on there as well but that is another round of dean smith's juggling six of course and i'll open this up now if you've gotten this far fair enough (laughs) if you want to submit something for us to play in regards that would fit the theme of dean smith's juggling six of course you can email us holtcast at gmail.com anyways guys should we wrap things up there or is there anything else we want to bitch and moan about before we leave this one no, I think we should probably leave. I think we if, should. If you go off on a rant, uh, might not stop. Yeah, I think we should. I think we should yeah. bury it and move well, on. I, I think, yeah, it's one. It's the the that second half, especially. I think, as frustrating and sickening blow as it is, there's positive things that you can take from that. And no, we we beat Man U at home last season, so it'd be another 10, 15 years before we do that again. <laughs> Fair enough. Well, before Simon goes on about his time in the War of 1812, we will wrap things up there. Thank you very much to Mr. Simon O'Regan and Tom Nangiel for joining me. Find Simon on X at Cy O'Regan. You can find Tom on there as well at TD Nightingale. You can find me on there too, Cole Petum at Talk Aston Villa. Tweet the team at Holtcast Pod. I got it right this time. You guys won't hear the edit of my um, my mess up <laughs> um, earlier on in the podcast, but all in all, thank you all for listening. We should be back post film, or maybe we'll have something out midweek. We'll see if Seb can get a preview done in between then, but we'll leave things there, and don't forget up the villa.
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.